Welcome into NSN Daily. He's Alex Margulies. I'm Brian Samudio. Another big show for you here on tap. But, uh, you know, this XFL thing, man, I mean, uh, it has kind of started to make a motion, make a movement, but it's got to get through those first three, four mm -hmm. weeks and really see if he can keep butts in the seats and if he can keep eyeballs on it. But uh, so you far, you were on it from the first day weekend, one, man. Day you were one. on it. Yep. You, I think you got all four games in, mm -hmm. but you knew from the very beginning who you were going to be rooting for. Absolutely. I, I was rooting for one team because of one young man. And it turns out it may be the best franchise in the XFL, and that's the Houston Roughnecks. <laughs> and I mean, no disrespect to Kalen Burnett, former Nevada linebacker and defensive man who's playing for them, had a pick in his first game. But our guy, is JB, and he's joining us right now from the Lone Star State, Mr. James Butler, starting running back of the Houston Roughnecks. How can I can I hype you up anymore, man? <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Let's get JB out here. What's up, man? How you been? I'm good. How are you guys? Good to see you. Not as good as you, man. Seriously. <laughs> Feels good, man. Feels good. You know, three and zero. Just trying to get another another win on the road. All right, Dave, we were just yeah. talking before we brought you on. You were telling us the story of how this all kind of came together for you. You started yeah. that first game. You were third string in the very first game uh -huh. of the season, which you then all yep. of a sudden exploded onto the scene. What happened that day? So I went into that first game, number three on the depth chart, but I was starting kick return. So I was like, you know what? If my role is going to be a kickoff, kickoff return, that's going to be my role. I'm just be the best, you know, third, third back on the team that I can't possibly can be. And then, you know, this game, guys go down, guys get hurt. So, you know, unfortunately, the, the first two guys I ended up going down in the first quarter. And then I just ended up taking that role and just and just running with it and, you know, having a pretty pretty good first game. And then they believed in me enough to, to start me again that second game. And then it's just, you know, history as it is from there. Yeah, pretty good first game. He had two touchdowns that one, one receiving, one rushing. He's fourth in the league in rushing right now. Three touchdowns and a two-point conversion. He actually, over the weekend, last week, uh, JB, we got this thing called Better No Bet, and I put it out uh -huh. there, Better No Bet, JB's going to score this weekend, and I said bet, and boom, he gets me a two-point conversion. So, yeah. That counts, right? I, that counts. We'll that count it. That's I'll a count score. It. I mean, he found, he found the end zone. Uh, JB, before sure. we continue, show me the picture on your shirt. That's your grandma. Yes, sir. There we go. We know how much family means to you. How much family have been able to come out and, and watch you play football? Uh-huh. It's been awesome. You know, actually, my, my uncle made me these cool, uh, like, four shirts with my grandma on them. And one's, like, just my grandma. One's my grandma and my mom. One's my grandma and me. And uh, so I was actually able to wear my grandma's shirt under my jersey this game. And it was my first time ever wearing. I, I told myself I wasn't gonna wear. I was just gonna wear them normally, like for the game. But this time I was like, you know what? Let me just wear jersey. See how great. Then you know, being in Houston, I'm not you know as far as I was when I was in California. So my family, my mom, you know, has been to like almost every game. I, they, they're watching every game. I have family out here in Houston who come to every game. And then I know with this next game, I'm gonna have probably over 30, 30, 40 family members at this nice. game. That's the most I've ever had in my life. Like even high school. Little league, like you know, college. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. You know, everyone's, everyone's coming out this game. What's it like, man? Just being back in a now a role where you're, you're that kind of feature back again. It's been a, a been a long it's time. Different. It's been a long time for you. <laughs> I mean, different. you've been, you've it's been different. fighting. What's it like, kind of, kind of being the guy again? Yeah, it was, it was, it was really different. I tell a lot of people that, like, I'm. It's been a crazy role. Like even. Some people saw like uh, the Roughnecks had posted like I was, you know, hyping the team up on. Uh, and pregame, and everyone was like, 
like you, you you're doing this now like and i was like you know i'm just just i'm just embracing the moment and i'm never i haven't had i gotta compare it to like my sophomore year at nevada when everything was just so cool and new it was just fun i really had nothing really to worry about i was you know what i'm saying i was just playing my role doing what i can to make the team better and that's really what i feel this team because there's so many weapons on this team like you know the the world knows it like there's so many weapons on the team and it's just awesome to be you know another pawn in this in this offense that's just so high powered james butler joining us from the lone star state running back of the houston roughnecks now everybody knows what the lambo leap is now there's a thing called the Houston hop and you've done it a couple of times. You jump up into the stands. It seems like these fans have really embraced this team. The ones that are there and we've seen 20, 30,000 for some games and uh, they, they just are into it. Yeah. The fans in Houston are awesome. Like I, I love playing in Houston. I remember telling all my whole team, like, like I'm upset that we got to go play anywhere else other than Houston because Houston fans are so they're just in it. They're so motivated. Like, I'm, like, so pressed to get into the end zone because I can't wait to go hop in the stands again because, <laughs> like, I'm just pointing out, and they're all – I remember I was walking off the field at, uh, after the game, and the fans were like, you got to jump here next time. You got to jump here when you score next. And, you know, so they're excited about it. Everyone's so revved up about it. It's awesome to see the support we get out here in Houston. Now, JB, uh, you know, it, it's no secret that you, uh, as, your, as a senior, you were an intern here at Nevada Sportsnet and News 4, uh-huh. but your media tour has – really caught fire there in Houston. Tell me about what happened with uh, with you in the morning show. Yes, yeah, so I was on uh, Wake Up Houston today. You know, I had to wake up pretty early on my off day, but it was okay. So uh, I was out there in, like, the ABC of Houston, and it's awesome. I've, uh, I met this really great uh, reporter, Nate, and I told him, like, you ever need an intern? You know, I'm, I'm not new to this. I have experience, so... You know, if you guys ever need it, looking for a, a, a hungry intern who's ready to learn, I'm here for you. He said, you know, to obviously hit me at the, the season, but, you know, we'll see where that goes. James, let's talk about the XFL just as a whole. I mean, this has been a pretty fun league <laughs> to watch, but it's also a great opportunity for people to get another chance to play. And you're one of those guys. How thankful are you for just the XFL existing right now? It's awesome, you know, because uh, I saw the AAF and I saw those guys and and like like opportunities they got from just doing in that league, and now the XFL has this league, and you just see how big of a fan base is growing and how many people are watching more, more and more. Is how many guys are really separating themselves who you know who, you know guys in my position who my college tape is kind of expired now, so it's like you you on you really only have season. And then if you're on practice squad, no team really gets to see you except for that team that who's on your practice squad you're on. So it's just awesome to see like so many guys full opportunities and guys who usually wouldn't have this opportunity who are all like kind of on the border guys or who guys who teams want to see now can really show what they can do on the field in live action. And then they can go into those teams and, and you know, have a, a, a solid resume. Yeah, that's the thing, James. I and mean, we saw you in some preseason action with the Raiders where you, you get mm-hmm. a couple of carries and then they bring somebody else in. How vital is it for you that you are getting mm-hmm. these every mm-hmm. down back, for the most part, sort of appearances with Houston? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's honestly a blessing because, like we said before, like I was number three in the offense. 
that, you know, as running backs have an afterthought. So it's it's been awesome, but you know, we have we have a stable of great running backs. You know, I always say that I believe that, you know, we could just as long as we prove it, we can we can we can be the best running back corps in this league, you know, guys with Andre Williams, you know, D'Angelo Henderson when he gets back, and then uh Marquez uh Williams. And I feel like we all can go out there and play and have a great game because this is how high powered this offense is. But yeah, it's awesome to you know, obviously the 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 lead guy or the 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 number one back, but I feel like any one of us could can be burst into that role and have success. All right, James. Best of luck this weekend, taking on the Dallas Renegades on the road. Fox Sports One, FS One. The folks here in Northern Nevada want to check it out. We're proud of you, man. Best of luck. Stay healthy. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Right, See you keep soon. it up, man. See you, James. You know what? See I'm you. sorry. <laughs> we want to talk about one of the young men that we saw come along. I mean, lightly recruited out of Chicago. Uh, one of those, he was so humble, he would go home and he would take take you know jobs in the summertime and, and go home and work. He was and a trash man. He was a garbage man, and he, he was and he was the best one he could he be. He didn't care. He's like, I'll go, I'll go deal with the trash. Doesn't did you know, not care. I'm, I need to go home and make money. Yep. And that was the kind of blue collar attitude that he took onto the football field. And I, I'll never forget. I mean, you, you remember James Butler? He came in and he played as a freshman. He was a quiet kid. Mm -hmm. You know, he he didn't have this big kind of outwardly uh, extroverted, the big smile that you see now and just, you know, the, the personality that he's been able to kind of, you know, pull out of himself over the years. And he was a quiet freshman that was doing his thing and, and trying to just worry about football and not, wasn't trying to, you know, do anything more than that. And then all of a sudden, as time went on, more and more as the years went on, you saw this personality kind of blossom. Yeah. And you know, I'll never forget when we did, we did a show a few years ago uh, called Keep Dropping. That yep. was the big mantra from from Brian Pulley. And we did a, a, a special on Nevada football's training camp. And mm -hmm. one of the segments we did, we put a mic on James Butler. And we walked around and just, do you just watch him interacting with the guys yeah. and messing around and, and get more of that personality? And then, of course, as you said, just having him here as an intern, you get to know him even more. So it, it's really neat to see someone like him continue to get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that that is, to me, that is the best thing about the XFL. Absolutely. It is creating so many more opportunities for guys that still have something to prove and I think still have something to show. And whether this leads to another opportunity in the NFL for him remains to be seen. But right now, he's becoming a star in Houston. They, yeah. They're loving him. You know, he's, he's getting mic'd up. He's, he's doing all of these things. And uh, it, it's really been awesome to kind of sit back from this side and, and watch this whole thing unfold for him. Yeah, if you want to check it out, once again, it's going to be on Sunday. James Butler and the Houston Roughnecks taking on the Dallas Renegades in Big D. It's going to be a 1 p.m. kickoff on FS1. It's a fun product. It's different. It's different and maybe going with, with an open mind if you're a football traditionalist. Uh, there's some stuff I don't like. There's a lot of stuff I do like, especially when it comes to play calling and some of the access, not all of it. If a guy gets hurt or throws a pick, let him sit for a minute before <laughs> bugging him. I don't like that. Well, much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. NSN Daily rolling on. You know, this Wolfpack Radio Coaches show has caught fire. And uh, I think a lot of it is because people are seeing kind of the personality of Coach Alford and that it's magnetizing. I mean, he's, he's not just the basketball brain and just the mind that he is, but he has no problems just mm -hmm. letting it fly and then taking some bullets himself. But uh, very uh, the sarcastic personality, and it's all out of love. 
But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, the partnership with us and, and Bullies, Lotus Radio, our friends at ESPN Radio has been great. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, a lot of schools do do this. Nevada hasn't done it the last couple of years, at least in terms of having it out at an event, kind of making it live. Sometimes it's pre-recorded and things like that. So, uh, you know, I think it's a good way to connect with the community, to be able to show a different personality, to be able to show how you're, like, off the court, and, uh, you know, just be able to talk pretty frankly. I mean, I think uh, Coach Alford is a lot more open, uh, and any coach would be a lot more open in a setting like that, mm -hmm. as opposed to in a typical press conference after a game or previewing a game, as they're really focused on that game. So, uh, just been, yeah, nice to see a little different side, and obviously, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the the entire community is really pumped up for what's going to happen this weekend. Uh, if you go and look at Nevada's ticket office uh, on their website, uh, there are not a lot of tickets left for the San Diego State yeah. game, so I would not be shocked if it did sell out. You look at uh, the actual venue itself, Bullies on North, in Northwest Reno at, at Rob Drive. That's a huge venue, and you couldn't find a table mm -hmm. last night for this one. But one of our, uh, our, our most prized moments is when you, the viewer, listener, get to ask questions through John Ramey and the host, Spencer Wilson. To Coach Alford, and this lovely penmanship to whomever this is, uh, with about two minutes to go, you were beside yourself on the sidelines. Now, I'm real curious, do you track the moments when you are more or less upset during a game? I mean, basketball coaches are in a state of constant reaction. Right. You're on the calmer side, generally. Nuts was it? We're all nuts at times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was, it our, uh, was it our boys, the players, not playing well, or was it a call by the referee that were your concern? No, I mean, probably the first half I was beside myself because uh, I know we don't get to the line near as what we got to do. But you know, when not getting the line is one thing, but when there hadn't been a foul called, um, that's I know Tom O'Neill so well. We've known each other for 40 years, it seems like. Tom O'Neill was one of the three officials last night that yeah. did not call a foul on Wyoming yeah. until the but second. But I'm not, I'm not hammering officials oh, here. No, I'm I'm not. This is just a fact, and Tom, I'm Tom, pointing it out. Tom made a call with two minutes to go in the half, and I thought he got the wrong the wrong guy. I, he, he got KJ. And, and you I thought it was Meeks. And I, and I thought, it, and I should have known it was KJ. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's where, that's where Tom won up to me. And Tom said, Tom said, Coach, just watch the film and you'll see it's KJ. And I looked back and I said, and I'll watch the film and know that in the first 18 minutes of this game, they fouled once. <laughs> so we had, we had good, just back and forth that way. But the second half, I. I actually hit the scores table. I used to stomp a lot, and then uh, my Achilles started acting up, and then that hurt me once summer hit with golf. Yeah. So that's trained me. That. That's trained me Plus not you got, to stomp as much. You got a tee early. You got a real weak tee early. I got too early. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But then second, so I hit the scores table next Which to you. Which we described in real time on the radio. What? Your smack. I described what it was. Yeah. Well, but you didn't. You didn't tell the fans, even though my wife said you were amazing on your <laughs> on your broadcast. <laughs> You didn't explain to the fans of why I hit the table. Turnover. No. You said zone, and it was man. So what? I was oh. just oh. reacting. <laughs> I was just reacting. You heard me to, incorrectly yeah. identify. Exactly. That's not so true. So that's kind of like. That's not true. It goes back to the Astros <laughs> thing. If I hit the. Yeah. It means we're man. Okay. I think it was a turnover there. It probably was. We have one more question from uh, on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't plant this, but why do you think there are more fans showing up for your coach's show? <laughs> I mean, clearly it's the hosts. Well, I would, yeah, I think I think it's getting out, <laughs> it's getting out about your talents, but uh, you know, you got that Kovac? You know, win winning winning brings everybody. Uh, together a little bit more and that's just part of the, the business but um, you know hopefully it, it is too of just because I, I, I'm growing in this community as well just the support uh, you like supporting 
players and programs that one do it the right way and you see them representing the right way and that's what it matters to me and, and I tell the guys this all the time again last night in the locker room that uh, just how they represent themselves and what they're doing on and off the court in the classroom those are the things that really matter um, and hopefully that's something that uh, the community's seeing and we want the players growing with the community we got a lot of guys that are going to be back next year and then obviously a lot of new players and we're sending out some very key seniors four incredible seniors that have had an awful lot to do with what we've been able to establish this year so it's been a fun year it's gone very very fast for us as coaches and that that means these guys have been a lot of fun to coach the final Wolfpack Radio Coaches Show of the Year of Under Men's Basketball Coach uh, Steve Alford will be on Monday, 6 p.m. at uh, Bullies. And you know, I hope the momentum continues with this because I think people have finally realized this is something that's entertaining. It's something that's fun to come out and interact and you can really hear. Um, and, and it wasn't just all Coach Alford. Going back through football season, you know, it was the same thing with Jay Norvell mm -hmm. and, and Matt Mummy and, and bringing out guys like Angus McClure. And you get to see the personality side of it. So I really hope that this is caught fire and, and, and we're going to see this spark and this flame continue. Yeah, and it's really cool just to see the players go out there or the assistants or, you know, somebody lower on the staff just to kind of, you know, put maybe a face with the name, kind of get to know the personality. These guys are a lot different uh, when they're in that setting as opposed to when they're in press conference settings. So you get to dig a little bit deeper uh, into who they are as people. So, yeah, I think this has been a very successful start uh, for the coaches show, and I'm sure they'll continue it for, for many, many years. We were kind of kicking around the Saturday night's matchup against San Diego State. We really start kind of diving into the, the metrics and, and just the, the numbers of it. Um, about this time, a couple of days beforehand, but you go from game to game, really just try and focus um, as much as you can. And I think Nevada is facing San Diego State at the right time. It's at home. It's senior night. Mm -hmm. um, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick Nevada. Yeah, I mean, San Diego State hasn't played well its last two games. Obviously lost to UNLV two games ago, and then they were down uh, against Colorado State, and they were able to scrap their way back and be able to pull out a win thanks to some really good defense late. But really over the last month or so, their defense has slipped a little bit. And then you look at the last two games, they're not shooting the ball very well. So the three-pointer is kind of gone awry. I think uh, some teams are starting to play off Malachi Flynn and Matt Mitchell a little bit and saying, why don't you guys go and try and hit some threes over us? Uh, you know, their, their guards are not overly, overly big. Uh, Flynn is about six foot one. KJ Fagan is about six foot one. Um, so those are quick guys who can get past you. I think teams are daring them to hit threes to beat them. In the last couple games, they've just struggled there. So San Diego State doesn't really have a lot to play for. I mean, mm -hmm. they're locked into the number one seed uh, in the Mountain West tournament. Yes, they, they want to win so they can keep a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. But you do see when you clinch, uh, and we saw this with uh, you know Nevada a couple of times, I think it's hard to play 100-100% when you have already kind of you know locked up what yeah. the future is going to look like. Yeah. So I don't know if this is just a lull they're going through, if it's just a couple of bad shooting nights. Um, but yeah, the Wolfpack has to be very happy about uh, kind of how San Diego State has been playing coming into this game. They will have almost a sold-out crowd. They will have the emotion on their side with that senior night. Uh, they will still have something to play for because they could potentially get all the way up to a number two seed if they win this game and Utah State loses. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very tempting to pick Nevada in this game. Uh, on the other side, uh, San Diego State is still the number five team in the country. Absolutely. And Nevada's only beaten 10 ranked teams in its history. I think it's 10 and 54 all time against top 25 teams. This would actually be the second highest seeded team Nevada's ever beaten. So it's still going to be a, a pretty large task to come out here and get the victory. Um, but I do think it is a pretty even matchup. And I think it would be important for Nevada uh, to you know play well and potentially win this game because if Nevada wants to go out and win a Mountain West Tournament Championship, get to the NCAA Tournament, it's probably going to have to beat San Diego State at some stage. So having the confidence of actually being able to do it and maybe send the Aztecs a little bit reeling going into the conference tournament, losing two of their last three games, 
Uh, you know, I do think it's still an important game, even mm -hmm. though it doesn't mean a ton in terms of seedings, uh, you know, for both of these teams. We've been talking about how Nevada has gotten hot and has gotten on a roll, but that team down south is <laughs> scary right yeah. now. UNLV has gained a ton of momentum, and the Rebels did a favor for Nevada last night by beating Boise State, locking Nevada into at least the three seed. Yeah, either the second or the three seed for Nevada. Uh, UNLV, we mentioned them beating San Diego State. They really destroyed Boise State except for the last two or three minutes. Boise State made it look a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Nevada has to be confident if it goes against UNLV, though, because UNLV is a team that has already swept. Uh, UNLV has home court advantage, which typically you would think would be a big, big deal in a conference tournament. They haven't used it to their advantage all that much. They haven't won many conference tournaments. But uh, Utah State and UNLV are right now the two hot teams I think in the Mountain West. Yeah, Nevada has a nice six-game winning streak, um, but they haven't quite beaten the same caliber of competition yeah. as a Utah State and as a UNLV. Uh, so you have those two teams playing really well. I think Nevada can win this tournament if it just hits its threes. And San Diego State obviously is the favorite. So I think you have four teams who are going to be heading into this conference tournament feeling really, really good about themselves. And now Nevada has a path that's not going to be easy. It's still going to be very difficult to win the Mountain West Championship, um, but certainly coming out of the two or the three seed uh, is very advantageous. And, uh, you know, there is a chance that Utah State and San Diego State are both on the other side of the bracket uh, if everything plays out well on Saturday. So, uh, you know, th that path would be quite a bit easier if they don't have to go through Utah State or San Diego State until the championship game. Only five games left in the regular season all on Saturday in the Mountain West, and we only know two of the 11 seeds locked up. San Diego State's one. Colorado State is six. Um, so just a, a fun final weekend because mm -hmm. no matter what happens, uh, you know, things are going to be kind of jumbled moving around, and there's still a lot to play for for all these teams that are going to be playing on Saturday. Of all the coaches that I've covered at the University of Nevada, all the way back to Pat Foster, Trent Johnson, Mark Fox, David Carter, going up to the Eric Musselmans to now Steve Alford, every one of them says it's tough to beat a team three times mm -hmm. in a single season. So if Nevada runs into UNLV again, don't think it's a gimme just because the pack has won twice. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it is going to be rocking at Lawlor Event Center over the next couple of nights as the state high school basketball tournament continues. We'll have highlights and results coming up. It is a great time of year. It happens every other year when the North gets to host the state basketball championships, boys and girls, and Lawler Events Center just turns into a frenzy with uh, the four A's all the way to the one A's. Doesn't matter. Everybody's bringing banners. You've got the full cheer squad, mascots, and people just converging on Reno from all over the Silver State. Do you recall it all in high school? Watching Douglas play at Lawler? No, I don't think I ever went to the state championships. Uh, I remember going to some state championships for baseball because yeah. I was more into that sport. But I do remember when I first started, uh, you know, kind of covering the local scene, watching Curry Lynch in Virginia City play at Lawler Event yeah. Center. Trent Johnson was there, uh, kind of scouting him, just seeing how uh, you know he would play. But uh, they're estimating 15 to 17,000 people at Lawler Event Center over these three days uh, for the state tournament. So uh, definitely going to be a lot of people in town checking out these games. And it was a, it was a very electric start, uh, if not the best start for the North uh, with yesterday's game. Yeah, let's start off with the uh, 4A boys. Reed boys fell to Durango 70-47 to in this one. The Spanish Springs boys, of course, the Northern champions. They're going to face yeah, the, uh, what, 142-time champion <laughs> uh, Bishop Gorman. Of course, I'm fudging that number, but they've got Gorman tonight at 815. Um, the Spanish Springs is going to have to play lights out to beat this Gorman team that has, I mean, D1, not just prospects, but signees up and down the boards. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically power five schools all over the place with yeah. offers. This is a very loaded team, uh, very well-coached team. Grant Rice is the team's coach. He's the brother of Dave Rice, the former UNLV head coach, former Nevada assistant. Um, and he just has a very strong team. I mean, he just won his 500th game two games ago. Uh, so he has a long history with these guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a program that expects to come in uh, and win every single state championship. Now, the last time 
time they actually didn't win the state championship. Uh, they lost to Bishop Minogue uh, uh, eight years ago since they've won eight in a row. Um, and that was actually in Las Vegas. So it has happened before. There's yep. been a team uh, that's been really loaded with Bishop uh, Gorman, and they have lost uh, on that team the, the year that they lost to Bishop Minogue. They had Shabazz Muhammad, who was a top national recruiter guy who went to UCLA, played in the NBA for a number of years. So uh, it can happen. Yeah. I mean, Spanish yeah. Springs has to play its best game ever. It has to slow down the pace. It has to deal with the athleticism and the size. So it's not going to be easy. But uh, we've seen it happen before, and, and this is what these tournaments are for, is for the Goliath to go against David and, and see if uh, David can knock one off so uh, you know we'll obviously be rooting for Spanish Springs and mm -hmm. uh, we'll see if they can do it. Over on the girls side just a heartbreaker Spring Valley and Bishop Minogue and Spring Valley wins this one on a bucket at the buzzer to beat Bishop Minogue knock off the Lady Miners their season is over uh, the one seed northern champion Spanish Springs will face Desert Oasis tonight at 6 30 p.m. at Lawler Event Center if you want to check it out but a great day for northern 2A teams uh, how about Incline I mean Incline knocks off the Meadows Meadows out of Las Vegas 58 to 52 as the Incline boys get the win there the state championship will be Incline versus West Wendover today and then over on the girls side the Incline Lady Highlanders they knocked off Lincoln County and they won decisively 57 237 so Incline boys and girls advancing to the state title games at Lawler Event Center. How about the 3A state semifinals that will be played uh, today? Churchill County boys against Boulder City, that's at 510. Elko boys against Del Sol at 830, both of those games at Reno High School. Friendly girls against Pahrump, 650 p.m. Truckee girls versus Moapa, 330 p.m. Both of those games also at Reno High School. And then the 1A state semifinals, Mineral County versus Owyhee, that's gonna be at 830 p.m. Sierra Lutheran against Paranagat Valley at 510, both of those at Wooster. Mineral County will face Wells at 650, Virginia City Girls against Eureka at 330, both of those games also at Wooster High School. May have to swing over to Wooster and say hi to some old friends out there at Eureka High School. Uh, yeah. The old athletic director down there, uh, our buddy Jeff, who uh, was down at, uh, at Douglas for so long. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, so I'm sure he's going to be in town and maybe go check that out. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, our Athlete of the Week. It's not just one athlete, it's athletes, a full team. That's next. High school basketball tournament continues as we've been covering over at Lawler Event Center and at Wooster High School and Reno High School. But our uh, Dolan Auto Group Athletes of the Week come from uh, Pyramid Highway. How about the, the 4A Northern Girls Champion Spanish Springs Cougars? Here's Shannon Kelly. It's state championship week in Northern Nevada, and after a tough decision, our Dolan Athlete of the Week is a group award this time around. As the Spanish Springs girls basketball team won a thriller in overtime on Saturday night on their home court to win back-to-back -back regional titles. Cougars head coach Arturo Cardenas called it a war and expects nothing less from Desert Oasis come Thursday night. I mean, you're facing a team that's uh, top two, 300 in the nation. Uh, they've only lost two games all season. They, they played, their schedule is tough. They played a lot of tough teams, so they've been through a lot of wars. So we've got to step our game up and stuff to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. And I told them before we played this game, I said, hey, next two weeks, games aren't going to be easy. Everything's going to be contested. Every game's going to be, you know, pretty much a brawl. It's going to be a fight. We're going to have to find a way to get through it and stuff. But uh, it, was, it was good getting that win to get momentum going into this week. We have to keep our momentum. Also, 
when we're in those type of situations, we just have to keep our calm and keep going with the game and not get too excited. Not, well, get excited, but not too excited. I feel like we've been pre preparing for this since last year after our loss. And we've just been working hard every day. Like This is one of our goals to get to the championship game, and we just want to get there. What has your time meant to you here at Spanish Springs? Um, it's meant a lot, like the coaches and stuff supporting us and pushing us as hard as we can and telling us to come out and work hard at practice. With nine seniors on this year's roster, Spanish Springs is familiar with this state semifinal game after falling to Bishop Gorman down south last year. The Cougars are hungry for a victory on Thursday night in front of their home crowd at Lawler Event Center. Tip-off set for 6.30, and you can follow us on social media throughout the week at Nevada Sportsnet and on our sister station, News 4, for highlights and scores throughout the state tournament. Reporting at Spanish Springs High School, I'm Shannon Kelly. All right, Shannon, thank you very much. Arturo Gadinius has done a great job with them. You got nine seniors on this mm -hmm. team. They're 22 and four. They went 8 0 you know, in league. But as he said, Desert Oasis, 23 and two overall. Only lost one game in league play this year. They went 11 and one. Yeah, very, very good team there. They're the second ranked team in the state. If you look at the Max Preps rankings, uh, both of these teams got to the state semifinals last year. We're not able to get to the championship game. Spanish Springs is trying to get to its first championship game for a girls basketball uh, you know, team. So uh, there's a lot on the line for both of these teams. I think Spanish Springs does come in as the underdog. I think what we've seen with both the regional and the state is how important it is that free throws in the clutch. I mean, uh, you even look at Spanish Springs a win uh, over Bishop Minogue in overtime to win the Northern 4A Regional Championship. A lot of it came down to whether you made your free throws. So mm -hmm. uh, if Spanish Springs can keep this one close, it may come down to that. But uh, like you said, I mean, a very senior-laden team. So a group that should go out there. They've been through a lot of things. They played in the state tournament together before. So, uh, you know, hopefully they can go out there and get the surprise because Desert Oasis does come in as the favorite. But uh, a much more favorable matchup for Spanish Springs than if they were going against Centennial mm -hmm. on the other side of the bracket. Right. That is the heavy, heavy favorite is the five-time defending state champs. You want to check it out? It's going to be at Lawler Event Center tonight, depending on what time you're watching this show, 6.30 p.m. tip-off at Lawler Spanish Springs Girls against Desert Oasis in the 4A state semifinals. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it's a Thursday regular bet or no bet. Some are fun, some are athletic. One of these is just gross. What's next? Welcome back into NSN Daily. Every single Thursday we break out uh, bets or no bet, which is brought to you by Joby Gilbert Law. It can be a game. It could be, uh, would you jump off a cliff for this? Mm -hmm. uh, it can be all kinds of crazy things. And um, this one we're going to start off with an athlete that we have seen struggle. We've seen him succeed. And now it's just he's doing it his way. I mean, he's like Sinatra. Tim Tebow just okay. wants to do things his way. He's actually going to take some swings for the Philippines national team because he was born in the Philippines. A lot of people might not realize that. He was born in Manila in 1987. His parents were serving as Baptist missionaries. But my question to you, Chris, Will Tim Tebow, who hit a home run this week, mm -hmm. ever get the call to the majors? Oh, ah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Like, right? I don't think he'll do it with his play. If you look at his play, it is not warranted a call up to the major leagues. Yeah. That being said, given how long he was away from baseball, it's still been very impressive that he's more or less been able to hold his own. But uh, he's not a big league baseball player, so if the Mets are in the race, uh, I don't think that he gets called up because if they're playing meaningful games, I don't think that he's worth the roster spot. Yeah. But if they do fall out of the race, if they have to trade some guys this season and they need a little bit of a PR hit, uh, you know, I think they could do it to try and sell some tickets. I'm going to go with no, okay. um, but uh, it's a very soft no. So I'm going to uh, no bet that he uh, has a major league at bat. In his I'm going to go the, just the opposite side <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the, the measuring stick, and I'm going to say soft bet because if you're the Mets and you're late in the year and you're – 
18 games under 500 and you get to the point where you're calling guys up as long as you're not blocking someone who really deserves that spot who has busted their butt and is a legitimate major league prospect I say you bring him up give him his chance let him play for a week mm -hmm. and watch what the stands do you're, you're going to fill the stands I don't care people are going to show up to see Tim, Tim Tebow play I'm going to go soft bet yeah I mean I saw that. a tweet yesterday that said he's the most famous baseball player in the United States and like the initial reaction is no he's not like he's not but if you just went like Q rating just mm -hmm. if you showed someone uh, a face of him and Mike Trout I feel like more people would recognize Probably who Tim, Tim, Tebow, Tim, yeah. Tim Tebow is. So, um, you know, I, I, it will be interesting to see if he does ever get that call. Interesting. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Colorado Avalanche, uh, their head coach, Jared Bednar. Um, on Wednesday night, it was Military Appreciation Night, which I will bet, 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 mm. bet. But the oh, camo wow. suit, that's really not military uh, camo. That looks like duck blinds in yeah. the bayou camo. Uh, are you a fan of the camo suit, better no better? Uh, that's better than the, uh, the camo uniforms the Wolfpack basketball team wore last year, yes. You're absolutely uh, correct. Um, yeah, that seems more like mallard hunting or something. Yeah, that doesn't seem necessarily like your, your traditional military camo. Uh, I'll, I'll bet it. I okay. like it. The, the thought process behind it was good. It maybe didn't come out quite as he liked, but mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I'll, I'll bet that one. This is 97-year-old Layla Morrison. She was a World War II veteran Army nurse. She came out. To drop the puck on the ice, the Abs would go on and win this contest three to two. I'm going to say major bet, just because anytime we can celebrate our military, I'm all about it. Um, Indiana Jones. I grew up with this franchise, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, uh, to me, it died at Crystal Skull. Yeah, you know that, that's a horrible movie. That was that might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Holy Grail, I loved with Sean Connery. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, wrap it right there. I'm good. Thanks very much. <laughs> Crystal Skull came out, and we walked out of it. Literally yeah. walked out of it. I thought it was so bad. It's come up this week that now there's rumors that Steven Spielberg is expected to hand off the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones Five. What is it, the nursing home? <laughs> so James Mangold, sorry Harrison Ford, Mangold directed Ford versus Ferrari, he also directed Logan, which was after the Wolverine movie. Mm -hmm. Those um, are good movies. Both good movies. Um, is he going to revive <laughs> this, or is Indiana Jones, should it be put to so bed? So is Harrison Ford in this movie? I would hope that he's in this movie. Yeah. You can't have Indiana Jones yeah. without Harrison Ford. Uh, that's a no bet for me. Yeah. Uh, the last one was horrendous. Yes. The first three were epics, they were great. Mm -hmm. uh, the ride at Disneyland's amazing as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, nah, I just, I, he's just too old for this. Yeah. Like, uh, and if Shia LaBeouf is going to be in it, because wasn't he like his son? In he the was Christmas his son film? in the last one. Yeah. Man, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. So I'm going to go no bet. They're, yeah. they're kind of tainting the franchise. In my yeah, I'm, I'm major no bet on this. <laughs> I don't. I just, even if I was the director, I would not touch this. I mean, unless yeah. you're a young, up and coming director and you're trying to get your name out there and maybe do something and save it. I don't know. But I, I, I you're never going to match the first three. You're not going to. So they're always going to be compared to that, and they're always going to fall short. Right. Um, and will it make a lot of money? It, it will probably make money, and right. that's probably why they're doing it. But yeah, I just feel like it kind of devalues the first three. Yeah, exactly. James Mangle, remember what Jar Jar did. <laughs> remember what he did to the franchise. I, I kind of like Jar Jar Binks. Oh, man. No I know bets. everybody hated him. No I went bets. on like, a, yeah. I'm not saying he's like a great character, yeah. but there was a lot of hatred toward that character. He just talked too much in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the next two, he was all right. We've had, I've had friends yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> finally, this is out of Barcelona, Spain. Meat-free vegan burgers, you know, they're already well established at, at fast food restaurants mm -hmm. here in, in the States. But some people in Spain mm -mm. are 3D printing steaks, Chris. 3D printer, 
steaks. Uh, they, they say it'll not only fool your taste buds if you into thinking you're eating beef, but it also offers a more sustainable food supply system. And I get that. Oh. But um, now we're fine. I was going to go hard no bet, oh. but now, now you're going that we're not eating animals, we're saving animals. Yeah, I mean. What is it made that, out of, That's though? not even. I, I don't want to eat something that comes out of a printer. I, I don't even. They describe it as Nespresso for meat substitutes. No. The novel 3D printer uses syringes filled with plant-based ingredients that form a fibrous meat-like structure. Yeah, you better be seasoning that thing, pal. Mm -hmm. uh, to line, they line up line, line to build the shape that the chef wants. Now, printing a it's steak at the culinary school. Yeah, this That's is at the culinary school well. in Barcelona. It took about 20 minutes to print the steak, and then the students uh, they claimed they were eager to try the product. I'm looking at the faces That's of these tiny. students. Yeah. And was, it, was the salad made from the Ma printer? Major <laughs> no bet. I'm sorry. Are they going to actually I eat it? I can't do it. Uh, yeah, they do actually eat this. Look, and he's cutting it with a plastic fork. I had better stuff in Canada Hall when I was going yeah, to the University yeah, of Nevada. Sorry. Yeah, oh, look at you look don't, how, you don't look how delicious he's eating. You don't eat a real steak with a plastic fork and no. a plastic knife either. Yeah, look at, oh, look, look at the reaction. Oh, that's, that's no. So, no bet. I mean, Maybe that's how the coronavirus started. Oh. No, I, yeah, that's a no bet. Yeah, I mean, but look at the students. The students get a bite of it, and, and, and he goes, oh, I'll try it. No, he sniffs it, takes a bite, and goes, God, I wish I was still living at home. <laughs> that's it. Better, better, no bet is every single Thursday here, and she's going to no bet it as well. Every single Thursday here on NSN Daily, brought to you by uh, Joey Gilbert Law. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, Chris has a team name I do. for the T-ball yeah, team. We'll team. tell you who it's going to be. It's not the Dodgers, it's not the Giants, and it's not, is it the Astros? That's there are next. Astros. They're out there. They're still out there. This, this coming down on ESPN this morning, and I, I don't know how much I buy it, and I don't know if it's you know, an agent leaking something out there, because God knows we've heard agents leaking, uh, coaches being interested in, or being, showing interest from certain universities yeah. and whatever. I mean, in the age of, of Twitter, you know, there are people out there getting scholarship offers from false universities <laughs> now, and that's tragic. But uh, there's an article on ESPN that says Tom Brady is currently under-operating under the belief that he will enter free agency to play somewhere other than New England mm -hmm. next season. Yeah, that's a Jeff Darlington report, and it seems like Jeff has been the closest uh, to the Brady camp throughout this entire process. Adam Schefter has even said that Jeff has way more intel on this than I do, and I think he reported based on conversations with people who know Tom that he would be shocked if Tom Brady came back to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was of the other thinking. I, I would be surprised if he didn't. I obviously haven't done any you know, uh, reporting on this, so right. I'm going to believe Jeff. Um, it just kind of... You don't want to see that. You don't want to see Willie Mays in a Mets uniform. You don't want to see Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform. Uh, it's just very difficult to take to see one of the greatest, if not the greatest football player ever, to end his career somewhere else other than the Patriots. Yeah. I think that's what made Kobe Bryant so special and revered is that he was with the Lakers in his entire career. So uh, what would be the motivation there? Would he get a little bit more money if he went somewhere else? Would he feel like he'd have a better chance at winning a Super Bowl if he went somewhere else? Would he feel like he needs to vindicate his legacy with the Patriots and kind of prove that we were winning championships because of me, not because of our coach. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but it does sound like, you know, according to the people who have way more information that, uh, yeah, it might be the Titans, it might be the Chargers, it might be the, the Raiders, but that he is uh, more than willing to go to another team. Well, if you're those teams, you're absolutely jumping for joy. If mm -hmm. you're the Raiders, we got a brand new stadium and Tom Brady, sell out. Okay, yeah. cool. The Chargers, suddenly you go, oh my gosh, after years and years of Moderate success with Philip Rivers. Now we have a guy who's won a, you know, a, a fist full of Super Bowl rings. I mean, cool, way on. But um, at the same time, I still just 
stand by going, I think it's posturing. I think it's yeah. saber rattling. And I, I, I cannot see Tom Brady playing in another uniform. Um, I just can't do it. I just, no, I just can't do it. It's really, really hard to see that. But at the same time, you know, it is 2020, and we, who knows? I mean, it's, we, we see players dancing all over the place, and we see <laughs> transfers all over the place. I mean, the, the, the landscape of sports has changed so dramatically, Chris, in just the last two years when it comes to rules and regulations and whatever. I mean, for crying out loud, we don't see field goals anymore in the XFL. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, when it comes to uh, Little League and T-ball, I mean, we're, let's get the important stuff now. Yeah, yeah, very um, important. <laughs> The uh, tell me about the unveil. Okay, tell yeah, me about the unveil. You, you, yesterday, Chris, who's, who's up great, he's, he's, a, he's a great dad. They signed up on Monday. They, they, they needed a T-ball coach. Somebody backed out, and Chris goes, "I'll step up yeah. and I'll take the torch." Uh, contingent upon my team not being the Giants or the Astros. Yes, was the request. I didn't get the Giants or the Astros. Uh, I did get the Reno Aces, which is not a major league team. Okay. Uh, I like to support our Triple A team. I was kind of hoping for a major league team. Right. Uh, I was hoping for like the or. I, I just wanted to buy a cool hat, to be honest. Right, I right, wanted right. to go to Lids and get a really cool hat. Uh, so I would have, if, if the expo still exists, I would have been all over that. Right. Um, so yeah, we got the aces. Uh, we got the equipment pickup. I was surprised because in this T-ball league, we moved recently, so we went from Spanish Springs out to uh, Damani Ranch areas. So we played for Washoe Little League. Did uh, they do full catcher uh, garb on? So uh, I'm going to be putting five and six year olds in full catcher in gear. In T-ball. Yeah. Maybe I'll make my, my son do it. I don't want anybody else to get hurt. Catch. Yeah. I played catcher all the way through uh, from Little League, from T-ball all the way up to majors, and uh, not in high school. I kind of got out of it. But, yeah, catcher, not the most fun position. Mm -hmm. No, kind of does a number to your knees. Um, so we are the Reno Aces, though. Hopefully we bring home a championship. I don't think we actually score in T-ball, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to add some wins to my ledger. As Alex told everybody yesterday, not a very good soccer coach. Only two wins in two seasons. I, I was not going to bring that up. <laughs> Alex, brought, Alex likes bringing up. He likes bringing up, oh, didn't you go 4-12 in fantasy football Actually, this year? I got a text from my dad, an av avid watcher of the show, and he said that Alex got the Capitals for Maine and Oregon wrong as we were going off the air. So I don't. Uh, nobody was. I was saying it's Augusta, Maine, and I've never been to Maine, <laughs> but I'm, I don't remember that from seventh grade. You went grade. Portland for both, and Portland is neither the capital of, no, of, of Salem. Yeah, of Oregon or of Maine. So um, I really do. Over two. We need to do a show where we just all have to take a test. We actually stood out here on the set for <laughs> we twenty minutes, half an hour, just just kicking that around and going, "Oh yeah, well, oh wait, I know it's <laughs> Jefferson City, Missouri." Very Nerds. important stuff that you learn in high school yeah. and in uh, elementary school and middle school. The capitals. Yeah, it felt good to kind of refresh that. Yeah, though. it was kind of cool. Um, do we see a Chris Murray managed Aces T-ball team visiting the big ballpark? And maybe that'd be nice. I, I, we, uh, I was talking earlier, to Emily Jansen. That's what I was saying. I was trying to get Archie to come out to a practice and coach the team or come out to a game. Yeah, I'm sure Archie's very busy, but uh, it would be nice to have some kind of a collaboration. I know. Uh, in our league, uh, the Washington Little League, there's at least one Aces at every level. So it's a okay. very nice partnership. Uh, the uniforms are really cool. They've yeah. got a nice patch on the side. Uh, the sweatshirts are cool as well. So uh, the guys are going to be styling when we hit the field in a couple of weeks. Well, congratulations <laughs> on not being the Giants and yes. not being the Astros. That's what matters most. That's what matters most, right? <laughs> okay. Thanks very much for joining us here on Anderson Daily. I want to thank James Butler for being on the show. We'll uh, see you next time.